Publishing for Profit podcast is brought to you by Ghostwriters and Co. Earn more money by publishing better content and learn how to increase your thought leadership so you can build your brand. Head over to ghostwritersandco.com for more information. That's ghostwritersandco.com. And now, your host, Joel Mark Harris. Hello, and welcome to the Publishing for Profit podcast. This is your host, Joel Mark Harris. And we're on episode number 34 today. We interview Winston Jung, who is the founder of WowWorks. He is a transformational coach, and also he hosts and founded Voice Story, which helps with social isolation, which is very pertinent right now. He is also a writer. He writes at a uh, on a blog page called Chasing Butterflies, and you can find his work at chasingbutterflies.blog. Uh, it's very interesting. I highly recommend you check it out. So we talk a lot about, you know, what a transformational coach is, how he works with his clients, some tools that you can use to help uh, see blind spots, dig yourself out of holes that you've dug yourself in, and uh, basically a lot of self-development tools that you can use uh, in your daily practice. It's a very wide-ranging conversation, super interesting, and I hope you enjoy. Winston, thank you so much for being on the show. How are you today? I am fun, fit, and fabulous today. Thanks awesome. I have to say, I was thinking, I don't think I've ever met another Winston before. So you are the first Winston I've met. I love your name. And of course, you're the first Winston on this show. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So I want to start. I mean, there's so many places we can start, but um, your what kind of caught my eye was your blog, which is Chasing Butterflies. Um, and it kind of reminds me of like a Seth Godin sort of feel where, you know, you sort of reminisce about, you know, certain topics, life in general, I guess, whatever, you know, comes to mind. But can you tell us a little bit about your blog, why you started it? Uh, three years ago, I had, uh, I, had a, I had a lady cross my path in a nutshell. I was on a date waiting for my date to arrive, and she was like an hour late. And in that time, a lady walked through the door, and I was compelled to have the conversation with her. Like, I, compelled even diluted like every fiber in my body said talk to her and I did and eventually she became my guide for the next 10 weeks and through that process she taught me how to express because I never growing up in, in the culture and the societal background I was in men don't, men don't share their feelings or their thoughts not vulnerable at all stoic and she just chipped away at that until I learned how to express without any fear of judgment, um, without any fear or anxiety at all. And that's how it started. Like I always wanted to share. And then my friend goes, oh, you can start a vlog, but if you're going to do it, why do, why do you do it? Why are you writing? And I'm like, I'm just writing because I want to write and have a place to put it up. 
So if that's your intention, then go for it. Because you're not seeking external approval from anyone. You're not seeking leadership and all those other parameters. And then I was thinking of a name and there was a moment um, where I went back and I fell in love with uh, my guide feather, but it was a love that was deeper than anything that I've ever felt anyone with anyone before and a connection I've never felt like that before. And there was a moment when I realized that, you know, being a, raised in the society where it's like, you, you, you find a partner and they're, they are yours and you are theirs type thing. And I go, if, if that's the case, and I took, took her, like, you know, held on to her, put her in a cage, and metaphorically, if she was a butterfly and I fell in love with this butterfly and I captured it, is that the same butterfly that I fell in love with? Or is it diff now different? And if it's changed, then that, I can't have that happen. So the only way to have this relationship be is to let that butterfly be and I'm forever chasing butterflies. That's, the, that's how I named it. And then this is uh, perhaps a bad question, but uh, I'm curious of where you get your inspiration from. And, and do you have a writing routine where you sit down to write your blog? And what thoughts occur that you want to put on to paper? Uh, it, it used to be semi-regular. Like I don't go, I'm going to write something every day. I have stories that are, everything I do during the day, there's a, there's a story that I can write about. Some are extremely like when I feel a massive resonance, I will go and go, okay, I gotta, I gotta go and put this down on something. And then there, are, I've noticed there are times when there are gaps and it's, uh, and I have lots of these journals sitting mm -hmm. around and I journal daily. So what's captured on the blog is what I want to put out there. What's captured in my journal isn't, doesn't mean I don't want to share it, but it's just, it's just captured here. So it's uh, it. So everything on the blog, I would feel, just has a slight bit more resonance that I want to just put out a little bit more in the public domain. Not to say that I never transcribed anything, but the inspiration. Yeah, it's just like I'll sit there and the story just starts echoing, and I and I just start start typing it out. And I I would say my intention is just to have someone read it and go, hmm, and just think, think about it and see how that might impact uh, how they perceive their world a little bit. Gotcha. And have, have you learned anything about yourself during the, the writing process since you've started this and continuing on through the blogging process? I'm in a lot less pain, <laughs> for sure. Um, people that if you follow it from the beginning or people that know of me more, you'll, there is a, the way that it's written. It's, I have a dialogue with myself, like the, the little kid inside myself. So anything that's wording that's in italics, 
that's actually the little boy inside me speaking and I'm literally having a conversation with him. Um, if you read it out of that context, you're like, well, who the hell is he talking to? Or what, what the hell is that? But from the beginning, when I started to the writings now, there is a definite, I, I can feel there's a definite shift in growth, in the wording, in the, in the, just the, the style, um, where there's more happiness and joy woven into it and a lot less pain. Mm. Can you talk a little bit about your journaling process? Like, uh, you know, do you, do you have a routine where you journal like in the morning or evening? Um, how often, you know, like, I guess, yeah. For how long do you journal? And uh, yeah, a little bit about that would be good. Uh, I don't have a, the only standard routine I have is at the end of the day. Um, this evolved over time. So at the top of the page, I write two decisions, positive or negative, without judgment that I made. So positively impacting my, me going forward or negatively like. Then I write down five things that I did. And that's purely, so when someone goes back and says, yeah, I didn't get anything accomplished. You look back and took out the garbage, walked the dog. So, you know, so you've accomplished something, even though your mind said you didn't. How did I, and then one small section, how did I give of myself today? How did I improve somebody else's life by giving without uh, any expectation? Uh, sometimes that's filled in, sometimes it's blank. And then the latest edition at the very bottom is what did I do for myself? Because we often don't, uh, I bought myself an ice cream cone. <laughs> like, I went for a walk and watched the sunset. It's just something that you did for yourself and only for yourself. And then you can see patterns. How often you didn't do something for yourself. How, how much gratitude did you give? So I do that daily. And in terms of entries, sometimes it depends. Sometimes I, I, I write a lot. Sometimes I don't write very much. So there's gaps, but there's no set. Like I have to, like I feel if I go, I have to write something and I'm forcing it versus letting a voice inside me speak through the pen. But the daily routine is, uh, I would call it a, a, almost like a behavior habit tracker. Because in the past, uh, like I quit drinking three years ago and I realized <laughs> there's a definite pattern. <laughs> it's like I would, Friday would happen and Monday I'd feel like crap and I, I What's the pattern? Uh, you go out on a vendor all the time. Okay, well, if I never started to have that first drink on Friday night, then what happens? And it was all captured there, like hard evidence. So that would, mm. that really helped. Gotcha. Is, is there anything surprising that you discovered through the journaling process? Yeah, there's a, there's a lot um, as, I don't know, <laughs> the, the realm your listeners are in if they're super pragmatic or practice in the world of woo uh, I have seven voices that echo inside my mind and over time through the journaling um, they get a chance to express and I from, from that process so it's not saying oh I don't want to talk to you you're not important ignoring a part of yourself 
in my from my experience is a really bad idea because they're just it's just going to find another way to express itself so to acknowledge it and just give it an opportunity to speak and be heard and the craziest entry i ever had i would i would start with a conscious entry about what i was doing and then guys that should get into it and just relax by the time i was done there was an entry within the entry so if i highlighted it and cut it out the original entry began and ended and there was a complete separate entry in there and that the first time that happened it uh, it spooked me because mm. i'm like well where did this come from <laughs> fully formed sentences the handwriting didn't change but when you read it, it, it it's like a, a, an abrupt change and then it shifted back so i learned that there's more going on than the pragmatic me believed in the past and the journaling has been an outlet to tap into that awesome would you recommend journaling for others as a therapeutic exercise? Definitely. Definitely. It, and the different, how I approach it when I recommend it is not to force it. Like if you sit there and you, you know, you, you hold the pen, like you, you can start by just doing conscious, like just like you literally are thinking of the words that are going down. Don't berate yourself. You sit there and say, oh, I can't think of anything. Just, just walk away. There's no, by forcing it, you're just judging yourself. Oh, I, you know, I wrote that. Oh, that sucked. It's, like, it's not supposed to be any judgment when you journal. So being therapeutic, you just let go and just let it happen. Mm-hmm. And, and then see what comes out. So you're a transformational coach. Can you tell me a little bit about what that is and who do you help? I was introduced to the term a few years ago. I, to be honest with your listeners, for the longest time, I never wanted to identify as a coach. Um, it's just, uh, I, I just had this really bittersweet taste when i used it and a friend of mine who is a he's a transformational coach we had this conversation and he said winston you're identifying coaching a coach with what you see on social media and advertising Uh, and he goes well a lot of those are like inspirational coaches so they inspire you but when they stop inspiring you then nothing (laughs) nothing happens and they have all these other types of coaches but they're doing it for those purposes and like those Facebook ads that you see that pop up, yeah. uh, to go 90% of the world is of that. And then he looked at me and said, you're different. And I go, what am I? So you're a transformational coach. I'm like, what does that mean? You transform people. <laughs> Your intention is to shift them to a better version of them, right? I'm like, yeah. That's exactly what I want to do. You know, you're transforming them. They're a transformational coach. And with that new definition, I still don't use it. I, I use it and I say it without uh, any angst anymore, but I, um, I'm still looking for <laughs> a, a better term. But what I do is I hold, I help guide people to see 
parts of themselves, stories, uh, spaces like you know, they could be stuck in a hole and not even know that they're in a hole. But when you realize that you're stuck in a hole, then you go, well, I want out of a hole. But if you don't know that, if you're blind to all of this, you, you, can't, you, you can't move forward because you're stuck. And by guiding people to these spaces of clarity, then we can start doing work to, to move them along their path. And there's, there's a lot of people that can't see where, where they're at right now. Mm. How long do you work with people? Is, does transformation take a year? Does it take a couple of sessions? Um, is it a lifelong process? What's like, I guess, yeah, what types of transformations do people uh, achieve with you? It depends, it varies on the person, obviously, because of their needs. Some people, some people can experience a moment of transformation in 30 minutes. Um, some people take longer. Ex now, there's a difference between experiencing a moment of transformation and transformational work, because as implied, the second part requires work, just because I know that, okay, I, I work with you, Joel, and you go, I never knew that it was stuck in this hole. Okay, now that you know, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> it's like, well, I, you can say, I like being stuck. My hole is great. I decorated it. I'm very comfortable in this hole. Uh, it's not for me to say that you shouldn't be in the hole. You have to make the decision to say, I want to see what's outside of this hole. If you want to stay there, uh, that, that, you know, you, everyone has free will and it's not up for me to convince you otherwise. But when you go, you know what, I want, I want out, I want to experience what else is out there. Then the work, then, then we do the work. If you are in a deep hole, metaphorically, it's going to take a little longer for you to get out. That could take weeks, months, even years. But when you get out, then the momentum starts taking. So if you just kind of just visualize it, you climb out of a hole, then you start walking. You're learning how to walk, learning how to run. Then you're going on the marathon runs. But that also takes time to build, build up the skills to do that. But once you're moving, things start happening. But to experience a transformational moment, that could, that could be done in well, a couple hours. And then you just go, whoa, I never knew that. I've never seen that. And then that's the beginning. You know, that's just the, the first piece of the puzzle. Are there common uh, blind spots or issues that people don't see that you've come across uh, where they just, yeah, they just don't see it and you can help them to um, achieve that clarity? Uh, very common themes are of uh, dismissal, abandonment, and acknowledgement from, uh, from we're growing up, uh, from our, we're seeking this from our parents, and we don't get it, or from society, or the, the typical, who do you think you are? You're not good enough. <laughs> mm. uh, and then as we grow up, it's like, okay, I'm not good enough, and that we don't understand what that really means. We understand what that feels like as kids growing up, but 
this feeling then manifests into all sorts of crazy stories that we we listen to 24 7 in our head and it and it got, it shapes our life until we stop it um but yeah so as i said a dismissal abandonment acknowledgement um then the next layer would be like self-worth and self-esteem issues um and then from that it would go go to disconnection and i myself hit all of those levels and disconnection an example which uh, might resonate with a bunch of people is i didn't feel i was told i was never good enough so i became an overachiever but then by overachieving you set yourself up for massive failures at times and then when you fail it reinforces that you're not good enough and to avoid the pain i went to alcohol to go and numb it and then you're running away from it because now it's chasing, you can't run away from it forever, it's gonna chase you. But to avoid the pain when it hits, you went further into numbing. And when you numb that much, I didn't understand when you numb the pain, you also numb the other side of the spectrum. So if you don't wanna feel pain, you're not gonna feel happiness either or joy and the positive stuff. And then that adds another layer of, you know, damage into this cycle of uh, this vicious cycle that I started spiraling in. Is this work that you can do yourself or do you need a, some like an outside perspective, like a coach to, to help you through this? That's a, that's a tough one. Uh, I can't answer for everyone. I knew I can only answer for myself. I, I couldn't have done the work because I didn't know. I couldn't see for myself what was broken. So I needed someone else to be able to say, first of all, here's a safe space that you can do the work with. I'll create the space. I'll guide you through it. And I'll show you and equip you with the tools and empower you, but you ultimately have to do the work. But at least I have like a, a safe space to to start from or you're it's really hard to work on yourself if you're running away from demons and dragons and skeletons and going through the indiana jones temple of doom ride <laughs> <laughs> right all the time while you're holding on to a rum and coke in one hand and not it's from that it's really hard to do the work when your mind and your soul is um not clear and in turmoil. Mm. Yeah, I will second that as well because it's it's definitely hard to do the work yourself because you, you don't know what you don't know, right? Um, and I think that's again, you know, circling back to journaling. That's where that comes into into play. Is that really helps kind of clarify your thoughts, your feelings, your actions, uh, what have you. Is there any other tools or exercises people can use to help um, find those bl blind spots and see, you know, how, you know, I guess, you know, to use your metaphor of the hole, how far in the hole are they? Um, there are a couple that come to mind. One, one is, and this is something that people can, can definitely teach themselves, is change learn how to deeply listen and what that means is to we're we're conditioned to 
listen to reply, meaning I would say something and then you would have a comment, a thought, an idea, and it's locked and loaded in your jaw. And as I'm still speaking, you're waiting for a pause or a break in order to fire this out. To put that aside and just listen. Listen with intent to understand what the other person is saying. And then from that, you might feel triggered. Say, oh, well, he said that. That really felt uncomfortable. That what that trigger is, is a, it's a poke into something that you need to resolve, a wound, some, some type of pain. Uh, they could have spoken about a relationship and then, it, then all of a sudden you go back to a relationship that you just got out of and you're reminiscing under that. Those are definite clues as to things that you have to resolve. And the, the other one is, as harsh as it may sound, look at the people that you're associating with. Um, and I did a harsh exercise. I took uh, everyone that I knew on a, on a, that I wrote their name on a playing card or, you know, an index card. I scrambled them all up, put them in a pile, and I gave myself two seconds. And the question I would ask is, if this person died right now, would it affect my life? And if I had to pause about it, I put them aside, but it was a yes or no. And then it, it was, believe me, it was a harsh, harsh exercise, especially when it came to a couple and they split. <laughs> and I go, okay, this is going to be really, <laughs> that's a really awkward one. Yeah. But you don't, but the reason it's two seconds is you don't get to think about it. It's all, it's all heart-based. It's like, wham, 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 wham. You can choose to go through it again if you want to do another sort. But it really defines who I would say is, if, I don't want to say important, that was the original word, who has impact, positive or negative. Mm. And whatever, that's whatever you deem as positive or negative because the powers are now sorted. And then now you can take time and pick up you know, Joel's card and say, what is it about Joel? And then now you can sit down, grab your journal. Ed, say, right away, give me the ax. <laughs> and, uh, and just write down. Now you, now you start journaling. What, what, what does Joel bring into my life? What does Joel take away from my life? What do I enjoy? And then that's when the power of journaling comes in. Mm -hmm. Because now, you can, now you're allowing yourself to express from a very deep place. And then you look back and say, wow, I, I only see this, but there's so much more until I wrote it down. I wasn't, I wasn't aware of, or I didn't acknowledge. That's interesting. I, I would imagine not having done the exercise, but you know, a lot of your family members are in, you know, you know, are part of that and probably and can impact you negatively or in a bad way or you know don't, don't lift you up uh, so if you discover you, you know like okay this this person is you know a, a you know a like again like a fam maybe a family member maybe a friend i don't know but you know i think family member especially uh you know they are not doing you justice they're not helping you meet your goals or you know live a fulfilled life what are something you can do to to change that to either i don't know is either cut that person out of your life or or to try and 
mend that relationship or make that person a positive impact rather than a negative? Uh, you first have to ask yourself, what is it that you want from them? And then the follow-up question, if I was working with someone, is what is it that you want and why is that important to you? Mm-hmm. And before you can make any decisions, you have to honestly answer those two questions. And then this is maybe some higher level stuff. But you also have to be aware of, become aware of, I'm just going to pick on you. Yeah. And well, actually I can't because what I'll, what I'll describe is, are you, okay, uh, if I have a brother, so am I interacting with my brother as who my brother is, or am I interacting with my brother through this creation that I created of who he, I believe he is? Hmm. So right now, when I'm interacting with you, some part of my brain is creating a version of Joel Mark Harris. And because it's brand new, I'm, inter- I'm interacting with you, not this version, because it's still being, it's initially being created. But let's say after years of interacting with you, this creation can shift over. And now when you say something, it goes through this filter. And then even that you said, Hey, Winston, how are you doing? What you said and what, what gets translated through aren't exactly the same thing and vice versa. You are building a version of me. If you're aware of this, can you consciously put those two aside and interact as who you are and hear the other person for who they are? I can say this with certainty because I did that with my mom. Uh, we, we couldn't have a conversation before. You know, like, why, you know, like, why are you being such a nag? And all, you know, all those things until I really, I, I saw this and I go, I'm, the reason my mom can trigger me as perfectly as she does, I created this version of mom. <laughs> that was it. Uh, yeah, it, it, it fits, it's the suit that fits me right onto my skin. Like all the pressure points, everything. I take this off and put it aside. And when mom says, have you eaten yet? She's not being condescending and saying, you stupid idiot, you haven't made lunch for yourself and you haven't eaten all day. She's just genuinely concerned if you've had anything to eat. And if you haven't, she'd lovingly make you a sandwich or something. Total life-changing moment. And I love my mom. Don't get me wrong. It's not like I hated her. Just we never had, we could never communicate but I would do anything for my mom, but it's so much nicer now to be able to have a conversation with her and not get, go off the rails after uh, you know, three, three things are said. <laughs> three questions or whatever. Yeah. 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 yeah I think that's, that's actually super powerful because I have a cousin who uh, I, you know, like we grew up together and, I, and I thought of her as a certain way growing up and, uh, you know, I didn't particularly like this cousin and, uh, it, you know, as the cousin grew up and, you know, and she matured and, and grew to a different person, um, 
she, you know, she became somebody else, but I was still interacting as she was a kid, right? Not realizing that she was a completely different person than I knew her to be. And it wasn't until, you know, I had, you know, a couple of, of, you know, different people come into my life and I would describe her in a certain way. And, and they were like, she's not like that at all. What are you talking about? And I had to step back and be like, yeah, you're right. Actually, that was, that was how she was, you know, 10, 15 years ago, but it's not her now. Uh, so I think that's, that's a super powerful um, tool to use for sure. Um, I don't know if you want to comment on that or I can move on. <laughs> what you're describing is very, it's common because when we interact with someone, we really don't put a, a time frame on it. So we're interacting with people in snippets. Um, and if we interact with someone that entire time, it's like, it's like watching yourself age in a mirror. You, you, you don't because you see yourself all the time. So that, so it almost gets stuck. Uh, a lot of, I would say a lot of parents view their children as, then they have that wonderful certain age, like, you know, you're locked in at 11 and you're locked in at seven yeah. and I'm going to treat you like that for the rest of your life. No different than when we look at our parents, when we, so there's this age differential, like I could, you know, I could be in my forties. I look at my mom and I still feel like I'm 10. Right? So I'm interacting with her through this, through this filter that I'm 10 when I'm, I'm a grown adult. And that really changes things. Um, and to be able to be aware and consciously say, you know what, this isn't my, who my cousin is. And then even able to take it to that next level to have that conversation and vulnerably say, hey, you know, I, I know we've had a really whatever you want to call it relationship. And I just became aware I've always viewed you as this version. And, uh, and I apologize for that because you're not, but I've always viewed you that way. And then however that per the other person chooses to take it, um, they do. You can't control that. But by releasing that and letting go of that story that we've created, it's liberating for us. It's freeing and it's healing because now it's now you can let go of the guilt and shame that you did it for so long and say, you know what, I, I, I've said what I need to say. If she doesn't, you know, how, however she chooses to take it, but I, I did what I had to do. And then now you can move on. And now you have... By letting go of that, now we created a, a space for a new experience to come in versus holding on to this regret that you've treated her like crap for the last X number of years because you, know, you always viewed her as this 10-year younger version. It's not, it doesn't help you. But by letting it go, now a new experience, a new person can come in, fill in that space. It's like, wow, I haven't felt this before. Well, it's because there's a new information that's been given to you. Mm. I want to talk about your company, Wow Work. Specifically, where does that name from and the genesis of that of your company? <laughs> uh, through 
through conversations I've had with uh, this, this thing called Project Connection, where I, I wanted to connect with, uh, I given 100 hours of my time to connect with 100 people. Someone asked me, hey, Winston, what's, how's your project going? What, what's a common thing that's, that's coming up? And I jokingly said, uh, well, I've been having these great conversations. And every time I, at the end of a conversation, someone would say, wow. And he goes, that's what you do. And I go, what, what, what do I do? He goes, you create wow moments. I'm like, that's, that's the best way I've ever had anyone describe it. And then I, I shared that with uh, part of one of my team at Voice Story. And what came out of my mouth was, yeah. And I don't know exact terminology, but it was, I said, I create wow moments, but then there's work that needs to be done. And then he goes, that's wow work. <laughs> because, and the reason is giving a, a moment of inspiration if you don't do any work, it's just a dream. And if you just do work and you're not inspired, you're just doing it. And you're not never going to be fulfilled. But by saying, here's a moment of inspiration and truly defining in our name that there's work that needs to be done when you combine the two of them together, you can make the dream come true. You can I think that's an amazing way to, to look yeah. at it. So... Have you always wanted to to create these wow moments, or is is this something that has kind of cropped up later in your life? Definitely cropped up later in my life. I uh, I started off as an uh, as an IT professional, did that for most of my life, and then I became an entrepreneur, uh, did that for another decade, creating products and manufacturing and coming up with ideas. So I was always um, a visionary in, in bringing something into, bringing something out that could benefit people, feeling a need that, that needed to be filled. It wasn't until the last few years, having done a whole bunch of work on myself, that I realized that I had this aptitude to help guide people to, to these spaces of clarity. But it wasn't until very recently that I, uh, where I understood I can guide people to these spaces of clarity, but I'm really having difficulty taking them through the work process. And then uh, at a conference, a guy said, people are, you're either a visionary you're a change maker. As an entrepreneur, you're wearing both hats, but by, but your true essence, you're either a visionary or a change maker, a dreamer or a change maker. And then it all made sense because my, my, the work side, my business partner, Matt, he is the change maker. <laughs> like the two of us, he's, he's my, he's the yang to my yin. Like when the two of us are together, magic happens for the client quickly because he understands where I'm coming from. I understand where he's coming from and that, and the, the, the wow and the work just mesh perfectly. He can't do what I do and I can't do what he does. So when he entered into my, my journey, it was like a perfect fit. 
Mm. And, uh, and only recently did I see that because I, I, I won't say I struggled, but it was definitely, uh, it's like, I can paint a house, but if the guy's a, a master painter, he has the right tools, the experience, how to tape and everything versus how I do it. I can get it done, but am I really serving the client the best versus bringing in someone that really knows how to do it? So do you and Matt work uh, with a client together or what does that process look like? Yeah. Uh, it gets passed back and forth. So let's just say there's 10 steps. Six of those steps could be wow related, four could be work related or it could be initial wow moment and nine steps of work. It all depends on the, the person at the time. Uh, so there's no, it, it could be the other way around. He could have be working with someone to do the work and then all of a sudden goes, why are you working so hard? And then that's where the wow component comes in. It's like, oh, that to makes total sense. So it can be, it, there's no set starting or end point. It's just at the end of it, when you've gone through the process, you understand why you do and you understand deeply why you do. It's like, it's so clear that you wake up and there's nothing else that you want to do. <laughs> you just go, you're just inspired. You, you want to wake up. You don't want to sleep in because you look forward to doing something that just, that's just bursting from within you. And it's a powerful space to be. That's awesome. I want to talk about, so you mentioned voice story. And so that's a conference that, is about uh, social isolation, which I think is a very uh, pertinent topic right now. But can you tell us a little bit about Voice Story and why you decided to found it? Okay, so Voice Story, uh, it's a foundation I created, but Voice Story initially started off as a platform. It was born from my dysfunctional belief that I needed permission to speak. And it took a while for me to overcome this. And then I came to this, thought, I can't be the only one on this planet that has this dysfunctional belief that they need permission to speak. So I'm going to create a safe platform and I'm going to give permission for people to speak. And uh, so it's a live storytelling event where I have, I curate it. And these are just normal people. Like you don't have to have written a book or have credentials. These are just normal people that want to share a moment of their lives, a specific story in order to impact another person that's stuck in that same space. And, and it, it, how it started and where, where it, how it continued to evolve was fascinating. Um, this, the depth of the stories, uh, the people that were, that were resonating with it, the feedback we were getting, it, it was great. And we, we saw the healing power of it as well um, then and then COVID hit and then everything got full stop and through COVID that's actually how well work was focused because what I realized is working with someone developing and and weaving their story together was just a very focused application of well work 
And then when I saw that, I was like, that makes total sense. Well, wow work is, uh, is a much broader scope. Someone's coming to me. They have no idea what's going to happen. You come to me with the story. I already have a starting space and then, and then away we go. But, uh, but voice story is to combat the effect, the invisible effects of social isolation where you're sitting by yourself, you're, you're on your sofa, the lights are off and you're like, no one, no one gets me. No one cares. Like, why am I even bothering? Whatever the story is, uh, by hearing someone else share their story and then it resonates with you and then you go, the key thing is you realize that you're not alone, you're not the only one, and most of all, you're not broken. And then that gives a moment to stop the cycle. And then when you experience the whole story in the person at the end, you, you see that it's possible now. You see that this, this isn't it. I can, I can, if this person achieved it, I can achieve that. I'm gonna reach out to the person and say, can you tell me what you did? Because I want to be there. And everyone that shared the stage, all they want is to save someone from the pain. That, uh, the, not, not from the pain that they feel, but from the, the, the months, and years of pain of being stuck in that space by saying, look, I got out. You don't have to stay there for another X number of period of time. You can choose to get out too. And you go, I choose. And away you go. And that's the, the core of why voice story came to be. Mm. What are some of the stories that have uh, continued uh, or you remember the most? <laughs> There's, there's a lot. There's a lot of them. The ones I share all the time are on curiosity um, about how to, how to engage with other people and be aware of our own uh, filters about um, worthiness and especially about mental health. Like uh, mental health is a, a major theme and we have all types of speakers speaking about it. And it's not about one so we have people from the industry, we have people from the, from the healthcare provi- uh, profession, we have just regular people sharing how, how they struggle being just massively depressed, how they almost wanted to kill themselves, how they disconnected, how they became addicted to alcohol and substances because of what was going on. And it just hits it hits such a wide swath of people. And then they go, I, what I hear very often is, thank you, I really needed to hear that. Because they were afraid to express to anyone, but now seeing someone else with, uh, take the courage to express, it gives them courage to if nothing else, acknowledge for themselves that, yeah, I want to change. And then they can go and reach out to someone else um, in the future. So I reson- there's, there's a lot of beautiful stories <laughs> that I got to experience. And through Project Connection, very, very much the same thing. I'll get to experience um, a snapshot of people's lives. What, so what is Project Connection? So... 
as you could probably um, uh, understand, when I work with someone's story, it's it's at a, it's at a deep, personal, authentic, and vulnerable level. So I get really get to connect with the person, and then I so I see them grow, I see them shift, I see them change. I see them change a lot when I give them the mic and the, I get the mic back and I see, I see a different person. So when COVID hit, I didn't understand that I was doing that on a daily basis and then it all stopped. And even though I'm still working with people in their story, it was this constant amount of, it's like I'm, I'm just, I don't want to say feeding, but I was just immersed in this space and now it, it's gone. And it took me to a very dark, took me to a dark space. And then I realized, uh, okay, well, how am I going to create a, this space again? Well, let's, uh, let's just go and ask people if they want to have a, a conversation. And the intention is not to go and do coaching work on them. It's just to have a conversation with them. Just say, hey, what, what's on your mind? And, and away you go. And just to connect on a, just an authentic level. And, and because we can't do it in person that often anymore. And it's been very uh, fulfilling to, uh, to have to do that. So back to voice story. You said it was full stop when COVID hit. Is there plans? Because I think if anything else, voice story is so needed right now because, you know, I, I know I feel the isolation. It's, you know, we talked before we went on air, we talked about how much time was spent on Zoom. And it's not the same as sitting down, having a cup of coffee with somebody. Um, right now, as, as we record, we're not actually allowed to go to somebody else's house. Um, so I think social isolation and the, you know, the mental well-being of a person that comes with that uh, social isolation is, is so important, especially now. So, you know, having said that, is there, um, is there plans of expanding or bringing it back or putting it online or what, basically what are the next steps, um, if any, for uh, Voice Story? Voice Story Live, the live show is on hold because for COVID-related reasons. I did spend months looking at streaming technology to put it online. But a part of me, as I started doing the research, a part of me really resisted putting it online. I couldn't put my finger on it until I started having conversations with people that I that spoke and people that uh, were in the audience. And there are certain things that can't be captured on a virtual show that ha were happening in the live event. One of which that was shared was the hug. It's like when the person was finished speaking, they're standing there, and they give the mic back and I, and I embrace them. They said that that's, that was one of the best parts of the show. Like I couldn't wait <laughs> to see that happen. You, you can't do that uh, virtually. And, for me also, I don't believe someone can get to the depth of authenticity and vulnerability sharing that story if they're sitting in the comfort of their own home because there's just too many triggers, smells, things that would just hold them back. But yeah. 
like going to a venue. Now you're outside. Now you're in a different space. Um, so that's just on hold. So Voice Story Live will, will come back in the future. But in the meantime, to bridge it, I've finally taken the steps to create a podcast, to have those types of conversations. Um, maybe, I, you know, I don't know how they're going to evolve, but it's a space where the conversations need to be had. And one of the key things about Voice Story is we're having conversation and talking about things that most people don't talk about. Um, like vulnerability and loss and grief and shame, like dark topics. Um, like why can't we talk about suicide? And here are people, you know, they're, what was going on? And just to, just to give voice to it and to have discussion around it. And I believe doing that through the podcast and say, okay, the theme this month is a mental health and wellness. And then uh, the subtopic is suicide, you know, and, and, and away you go and just having people bring it up. So it takes away the specter that, oh, we can't talk about, we can't talk about this. It's being talk, spoken about. So it, it, make, it normalizes it. And have you launched the podcast yet? I hope, I hope, okay, I'm not going to say hope. I will launch it <laughs> next uh, Wednesday. I have recorded the, the first one. And it's just a matter of, well, uh, announcing it. So your listeners would be the first people to, to get notice. It's called... You first heard it here live, folks. <laughs> you first heard it here live, yeah. It's called uh, Stop, Reflect, and Talk. Sorry, Stop, Reflecting? Stop, Reflect, and Talk. I love it. I love that yeah. name. Yeah. So, Winston, I'm going to wrap uh, it up with just one last question. And that is... Do you have a favorite book or one that you like to gift a lot? <laughs> wow. The, the one that comes to mind is, it, it's actually a fantasy novel. Hmm. It's, the, it's I, I don't remember the, the title of it it's by margaret weiss and tracy hickman it's uh, it's a seven book series called the death gate cycle and yeah it's just it's the first book i unfortunately I don't have the name on hand but, and i gift that book a lot because it for me i i love reading books where i can create a world and it's they're such those two authors are such amazing world builders it so it the seven, it took seven books to build this world and take it to it end to its ending and i've i've gifted book one to people to start them on that journey a lot hmm. and what's the so i guess this is this the real last question is what's the premise of the book the premise of the book was uh oh, i guess it's actually relative uh relative to current events it's about two factions fighting over control of the world. So one, one side just decided to break the world into its four elements. So the first four, so it's like earth, air, water, and core. So the, the first four books talk about each separate world. And then the last three books talk about how the three worlds find out about each other and then start 
to uh, integrate again and, uh, and what happens. Interesting. So Winston, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. For people who want to reach out to you, um, maybe they want to try some coaching sessions, uh, maybe they want to listen to your upcoming <laughs> podcast, where can they find you? You can find me at wowwork, W-O-W-W-O-R-K.me. And if you want to uh, reach out to me, it's winston at wowwork.me. If you would like to have a chat and see where that goes, you just go to the website and book a call that way. Awesome. And uh, look out for the new podcast as well. And can you just remind our listeners and viewers what the, the title of that is? Yeah, the podcast, well... Now that I'm putting it out live, it has to happen. <laughs> so it'll be uh, launched next Wednesday. So that would be what, the 17th? 17th, I think, yeah. And uh, the, the podcast is called Talk, Stop, Reflect, and Talk. Stop, Reflect, and Talk. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Winston, and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you for listening to Publishing for Profit. Please like and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.